thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. Okay, right. guys, so uh, how is everybody this week? Because, like, it was, like, a really slow week, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to be sedated. <laughs> I can't. I, I what even happened this week? I seriously can't keep up with them. I can't. It's, beca- it's gotten to the point where I really can't anymore. I just do my best I mean, every day. Maybe I'm just busy. I, maybe I'm just bored of feeling so busy. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, um, who wants to... Who wants to fill in the troops of what happened this week? We're recording on Sunday. So what happened Monday through even <laughs> last night? Something dropped at like midnight my time. So who wants to go and talk about it? Every day well, is an I, eternity. Go for it. I can start with um I can start with Valentine's Day because I was very I did that in real time, which was I woke up early and was like I've been going back and watching old content. So I was actually watching Festa 2014. And then all of a sudden this little like, you know, I was on Weaver. So all of a sudden it just like kicked me, which I've never been on Weaver when one of them have gone live. All of a sudden just kicked me into a room. And I was like, oh my God, it's like a Yungi live chat. That's fun. So sat there and watched him just basically sitting there and staring most of the time with like making little comments here and there and then which we were totally fine with (laughs) totally fine I was like you know whatever (laughs) and then he seemed very happy and cheered and then got off and I was like okay I'm like I'm gonna go over to Twitter and kind of see what he was talking about little did I know that you know the matrix of the universe was about to shift so anyone want to jump in and share what exactly happened he announced August D tour dates so here we go yeah the end of april beginning of may to mid-may-ish he's going to be touring so in the u.s i don't know what the other dates are he didn't look but yeah yeah, then he moves through um asia i know he's going to jakarta he's going to thailand he's going to singapore he's going to south korea and then japan is tbd but it looks like he'll be touring through asia through june I feel like I can't plan my life anymore until they're in the military. I just I give up. <laughs> I'm not planning anything. <laughs> so I don't know what they're yeah. going to do. I just want to know if he, yeah, I want to know if he called J-Hope and was like, hey, uh, I know your birthday's this week, but scrap that plan. I love you, but I'm going to go first. Let me go first. And then you. Like, I just, <laughs> it's like so many things happened. I was like, all... All I was going to do last week was celebrate J-Hope's birthday, right? Like, I was like, I got some reels in mind. I got some content. Like, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to do that. And then I don't think I did anything on Valentine's Day, honestly. Um, It was crazy. And the amount of my phone notifications blowing up on, like, three different apps 
um, was crazy, even to the fact, the point that like, I got on Instagram and was like, okay, we see your DMs and we we're freaking out too. Don't worry. Like we got you. I'm trying to get answers for you. And then I text Tanya and she's like, I'm in the car, call me. And I'm like, oh my God. So I called her in the car. We're discussing ticketing in the car for, I could jump back on and like make a quick video and say, Hey, this is her suggestion. And then she'll be back. Gotta remind everybody on Instagram, Tanya has a job. <laughs> That's not BTS. So like, my students, my students have a midterm due, and so they were freaking out about their midterm, and it was just like, oh my god, I can't. Too many things. <laughs> That's a lot, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, and do you realize we're gonna have all this stuff about the tour going on while Jimin's album is dropping too, and Hope on the Street, whatever that is coming. I don't know if it's a TV show or a tour or what is he doing. Who knows? And the folio, oh. so Yungi's video for his folio that dropped like around midnight my time last night um says the release is or like i guess the day it's gonna drop is three nine so in the middle of all that we're gonna get that as well so well yeah because we're gonna have his birthday he's turning officially international age 30 then somehow smattered through this we're forgetting that g-man's dropping an album like any second as we mm -hmm. head into march yeah and, and, and taehyung has a tv show coming out momentarily yep. <laughs> Um, you know, RM's coming up on the wrong side of CrossFit. Oh my god! <laughs> and so, I mean, it's just been a week of a lot. <laughs> and then we have like, okay, great. Jayob has his documentary, fantastic. It's beautiful. We are going to talk about that, not in this one, but in another one. And then like, Jayob's doing his birthday live, and then Jimin just comes in, and they start a dance party. I it was a lot this week which thankfully Actually, they moved the chair for so let's yes. just all give props that they moved the chair hobie pays attention he jimin came in started moving those hips hobie was like the chair's gotta go like he put he gave his whole life into pushing that chair and i he clapped did. i was he like he always knows where the camera is yes <laughs> he really does like it's and then it was like j-hope's birthday and i don't know i'm tired so like tired. the well, best like, kind just, of exhaustion. I'm just glad that JK took the week to like eat some chicken in peace and just take a minute because if I had to do like a five hour V live on top of that, I don't know where I would be right now. <laughs> Even Jin showed up. Even Jin showed up in the mil got a military approval to wish uh Hobie a happy birthday. Love to see it. Oh, and he dropped a Valentine's Day recording like Captain Ree from uh crash landing on you <laughs> i mean that happened this week too i feel like YouTube. that meme i feel like that meme of that guy from um it's always sunny in philadelphia where there's like the red string and like all the papers i feel like that's a week in this town like that's just totally. what it looks like i feel like i need a whiteboard with every day of the week so every week i can write in what happened on every day and then take a picture of it so to remind myself, like, that actually did happen. That was in a fever dream. Like, you you witnessed that. Like, it's just... Uh, oh, we also have forgotten that they have also announced the next guest on um, Suchwita, <laughs> which is going to be Tableau from Epic High. So just throwing that out there, too. Just like, you know, Korean hip-hop royalty will also be gracing us, you know, with, like, Suga having another ultimate fan experience slash, like, colleague bestie chat. I'm telling you, whiteboard. Yeah. Whiteboard, some red string, some post-its. 
I don't think there's enough office supplies in the world to keep up. <laughs> this is true. There's not. I feel like I need to keep a journal or something, which I haven't done since I was a teenager. <laughs> Dear diary, today. Because <laughs> I'll never believe it when I go back and look. All right. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about self-love and how BTS helps our mental health. Allegedly. <laughs> Not by the beginning of this, you wouldn't be able to tell, but it actually does. (laughs) Believe it or not. (laughs) The the members always have such positive messages. And so I think this is the perfect time to kind of dive deep into that. Yeah, I think the framework was, you know, February is known as, you know, a big love month. We've got Valentine's Day dropping in it. And yet the most important relationship any of us can have is the relationship that we have with ourselves and practicing really authentic self-love, which helps us then show up and give love to others. And I think that's part of the reason why this fandom and this group in particular really has struck a chord with so many people, including us, has been just that message of self-love and also acknowledging that that's not always like the easiest thing too. It's very easy to say that, but it's not the easiest thing to put into practice. And I think sometimes that message gets lost. Like, I know that like in social media, there's like this big push. It's like self-care, self-care, self-love, you know? And like, sometimes I think that we look at things that are like, oh, gifting myself something or going and buying this or allowing myself to do something of self-love. But it also is things like, I mean, when I look at it too, it's like allowing yourself rest, allowing yourself sleep, allowing yourself to be in those spaces that like make you feel better, you know? And so like, I... I think that BTS has really like redirected how I feel about myself, but also how I feel about my life. Um, And that like might not make a lot of sense, but I just feel like it's inspiring, but it also like leads you, I feel like it leads me down a path um, that's like unexplored territory for me that like, I maybe wouldn't have thought about my life that way, or maybe wouldn't have thought about my experiences that way. Um, Which it seems weird because I'm like, close to middle I'm like considered middle age but um for me it's like a new journey which I totally welcome because you know we talk about BTS being in chapter two but I feel like for me I'm also in chapter two um my kids are teenagers I've got one that's going to go to college in two years and it's like so what does my life look like after that because I've been identifying myself as a mom for you know close to 20 years and then now what I'm still a mom but just in a different it looks different. The labor of it is different. So I like that while they're going in chapter two, which is way spicier than my chapter two, but it's a chapter, it's a new journey. And it's like exploring yourself and exploring those spaces that you're going to allow yourself to go into for your own, you know, mental health and your own stability. Which makes me think of like how we talk to ourselves through periods of transition. And like, I think that's why I love the message that they bring about self-love is because just the, like how to talk kindly to yourself when you're doing something that is really hard or you're struggling, um, listening to their lyrics, you know, watching the members support each other um, just in me has brought about more positive self-talk when going through hard times or going through changes and just sort of watching them over the past 10 years of this is technically chapter two but look how much they've changed from the beginning you know like one of our first episodes we talked about like the literal like bulletproof vest that was initially you know their emblem 
and that changed. And so they've always been changing. And I think that a lot of self-talk is around shoulds and what things, you know, how things should be. And if you allow more positive self-talk, there's less rigidity and um, more growth mindset. And I think something too is again, like, yeah, I'm like in my like chapter two as well. And so I think sometimes, you know, there can be this idea of like, well, how are these like 20 something strangers in South Korea? Like, how are you like identifying or, you know, like finding common ground, like even parasocially in this? And I think the argument that I would make is that I really find a lot of like curiosity and also um, happiness in seeing people push themselves into their stretch zones and it find and it makes me want to do the same. And so I like to just observe that energy, be it with like friends in my real life, like even like li- things that quote unquote seem little. Like I have a friend who um, is moving from potentially being like an EMT to opening up their own business, which would be like at home car detailing. So no, they're not like changing the world. They're not performing at SoFi Stadium, but they just mentioned that they were doing this and kind of some of the reasoning behind it. And I was like, absolutely go you. And like, where can I support you? Where can I like fill your business among like my networks? And so like, that's like a very practical thing to seeing, you know, Yungi at Valentino in Paris, like getting out of a limo by himself being like, I'm going to go to like this fashion show kind of by myself with my team. But, you know, that's not really like what he grew up with. And so, again, it makes me excited to see people in their brave spaces or watching like the J-Hope documentary that was in Disney or to hear anything that any of you are doing when you're taking just something that like puts you into like a place where you're taking a chance or taking a risk. Because I just feel like that is really when we're like living our lives. And so it just that's the energy that I want to like cultivate around myself at all times and so I just feel like that's part of like why this fandom and my friends in the fandom and this group just means so much to me that makes so much sense to me because you know last night I was thinking I was going through you know we do like questions before we hop on here and I was thinking and you know one of the things that really always stands out to me is um Jin's verse I'm the one I should love and like you know it's like we go oh yeah okay I'm the one I should love but like you really are the one that you should love, right? Like I am the one I should love and I shouldn't um, doubt myself or like second guess myself sometimes, like as much as I do sometimes. And so I feel like it it sounds cheesy, but like I love Jin for the reason that he really has a willingness to let himself be quirky and like live in that space. Yet at the same time, you know, he's belting out these lyrics about self-love and about like centering yourself and, you know, being the person that you need like it and I you know I'm sure like um Allison could speak on this too but like one of the things when I was really young my mom told me was that you know in order for you to love other people you have to love yourself like you really have to love yourself um before you can go and put yourself into like relationships with other people that like are meaningful and that's always stuck with me and I feel like you know, that's also a message of theirs. Like, it's really important to love yourself and who you are. And it, you know, nobody's perfect, um, but you don't have to be, you know? And I just love that. I've, I've heard it different times. I've, I've seen quotes of it and things like that. And so I just always think, okay, yeah, like this is going to stick with me. Like, this is something that I should just have as I'm walking, you know, through my days. And like Leah said, sometimes it's not a big, it's, 
it's not that, you know, it's not Valentino, um, but it's still big in your own life. You know, even the smallest thing can be big to you um, and to your friends too. So yeah, I agree with that. You mentioned, I think Leah mentioned, you know, why this group of people that's in their twenties that are kind of in a different place in life than us. And uh, I think one reason for just for me is that uh, when we were growing up and especially me, cause I'm the oldest of us, I think that we just didn't get to talk about stuff like this. So when I was their age, there weren't people talking about things like very much about things like self-acceptance and that it's okay to have failure and that you can move on from it and that it's part of growing and, and uh, talking about mental health and just all these kinds of things that they've been so open and honest about um, and just getting those messages through music and through all the media that they create. Um, And so I think it's been healing in a way because it's like that, that 20 something and teen part of yourself that's still there that didn't get to hear those things. And it's like uh, getting to hear them now, (laughs) you know, and even if, I don't know, you could get it from other sources, but there's just something so meaningful about seeing someone who's that age, being able to talk about those things. I I found it very helpful. I should mention too, as long as I'm uh, here, just because I promised to do this and I just found it that, uh, BTS, actually, this was back in 2021, so not all that long ago. Uh, UNICEF, which is um, United Nations, it's it's their children's fund, but I can't remember what the acronym stands for. Um, and Big Hit and BTS uh, created, uh, negotiated a deal where they did a groundbreaking ca- campaign called Love Myself. No, it looks like it started in 2017. The news report was just from 2021. So I guess they were looking back on on the history of the program. Okay, so it says, since 2017, Love Myself has generated almost 5 million tweets and more than 50 million engagements on social media. It says, we started Love Myself as a way to reach young people and to help improve their lives and rights. And during the process, we also strove to love ourselves, love myself ourselves. Uh, We as a team and as individuals grew as well. We hope that many people felt how the love received from others can become the power that allows them to love themselves. And then it goes on to say that um, BTS raised uh, U.S. $3.6 million for UNICEF's work to end violence, addressed heads of state throughout throughout the world uh, at the U.N. General Assembly, and the UNICEF said that when it when it comes to promoting self-esteem and improving mental well-being, one of the most important things you can do is just to start the conversation. And they go on to say that, that BTS was a big part of that because of their reach. And then it goes on to discuss, we'll put this in the show notes, but it goes on to discuss the money that was raised and the success of the campaign. So this is really a several year arc of part of their message and their social activism uh, throughout the world. I think that really plays into um, one of the questions that we were going to talk about today. That was, why do you think BTS has such a positive impact on people, but also on mental health? Who wants to go first? I can jump in first with something that I observe, which is, look, they're curated and they're celebrities and we're not like getting to see all aspects of their lives, nor should we. And I mean, we all curate to some example too. Like, you know, sometimes our inside Thoughts don't need to be our outside thoughts all the time, and that's okay. But I think that they're willing to be vulnerable, and that's a very positive thing. 
And so I think being able to show vulnerability at times is something that we don't necessarily do like particularly well as a society to be like, okay, you are struggling with something and how can I help you or to just share that like something feels hard or something feels off. And I think that that's something that they do in a way that makes it more humanizing as well, because I don't think it's just this toxic positivity that they're like showing like self-love. I just love myself and loving myself is great. And every day I just wake up and I'm just like, I love me. That's not really what's happening. And if you watch their content, like they're struggling with all sorts of things, just like we all are. And so self-love is a journey. It's not a destination. And I feel like in their vulnerability and openness, that message, that fact comes through. And it helps me just remember and reflect on that as well. Yeah. The fact that they've, you know, even talked about like mental health issues, like depression and anxiety um, has a positive impact in making and helping people not feel so isolated and you know kind of tying it back to self-talk you know a lot of self-talk is around like well what will it look like if I do this or how will people perceive me and sometimes I just watch those like goofy videos of them and like crazy wigs and they're just dancing and being silly and you know you can find funny pictures of silly faces they make and they don't care they're just having fun um, and I think that has a pretty positive impact on mental health is just to watch people have fun and just enjoy themselves. I think too, um, there's like two things for me that um, I think why they have such a positive impact on people. And one of them is like to kind of piggyback what Leah said, you know, they have been living, like we call it the Truman Show, but they've been living this life where like we get so much contact, like contact, but content with them. But also, you know, there have been lives, there have been, um, you know, bang time bonds or whatever that like, they're struggling, they're tired, they're hungry, they, they're injured. You know, there's a few videos out there of different injuries that they've had, um, different times that they're just not a hundred percent themselves and they're pushing through, pushing through, pushing through. And I, it's not like, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad we get to see this because, you know, some of it makes me cry, but also they struggle too. And like, you know, Leah said, they are curated in a way, but also I think she's right. And that they let, they allow themselves to be vulnerable. They allow themselves to be in those spaces. Um, I think the other thing that for me, what I think is really important or has been really important is that the byproduct of BTS and their popularity and their success has been their community and army. Um, an army is such a safe place. And I, I can't explain, I can't express that enough. Um, I liken it to that quote that we always see, like, did we just become best friends? Because like, I feel like anytime you see someone with anything BTS, it's like, wait a minute, we are besties, obviously, let me buy you a coffee, let me buy you lunch or whatever. And so like, this space has been so positive for me, um, even before it was a podcast. Um, but even the space that we are creating now, you know, we do get DMs from people thanking us for like, I feel like this is a great space for me. I feel like I'm understood or that like, um, I too also thirst over this video, <laughs> whatever, you know, it's like bringing people together, but in such a positive way. And my husband and I were talking the other night and he's like, I just don't get it. I just don't get what the, 
the attraction is. I just don't like, is it because they're like hot? Is it because, and I go, well, yeah, but also it's because the community, I said, look, I will tell this story forever because it's just so wild to me, but we were in Las Vegas. We're walking through Caesars and like Allison had on a BT, she had on a sugar shirt. I told him BTS cause he wouldn't understand what that meant. But I said, and you know, people stopped her and were like, oh my God, this shirt's so cool. People gave her a photo card. Like we started conversations with people on the way to the stadium, on the way back. Like it's just this community and this safe space that people really do connect. I've made so many friendships now on Instagram, which I know sounds really weird, but genuine friendships with people um, that share their life because of BTS, because they either own shops or they have stan accounts or whatever. Um, but I do feel like it's a connection. And so while they probably thought, you know, love yourself is a great message and we want people to love themselves. I don't think they realized that army was going to take that a step further and go, okay, yeah, we love ourselves, but we love you too. And you're part of the community and we, we want to help with that. So I, I love that. I love that. It feels like such a safe space um, for people of all ages. Um, because sometimes you don't get that with every fandom. You don't get that, um, you know, with every facet of life where it, sometimes it feels closed off or it feels like, oh, I've aged out of that system, you know, but not with ARMY. I feel like ARMY is such a place where like, someone's like, I love BTS too. And you're like, yay, welcome. <laughs> Come with us, hold our hands, you know? So I just really love that. And I think it's helpful. I think it helps people. Okay, so I'm going to read this quote. This is Namjoon's quote from his 2018 UN speech. Today, I am who I am with all my faults and my mistakes. Tomorrow, I might be a tiny bit wiser and that'll be me too. These faults and mistakes are what I am, making up the brightest stars in the constellation of my life. I have come to love myself for who I am, for who I was, and for who I hope to become. Uh, at our age, because we are women of a certain age or individuals of a certain age, how does this quote relate to you or how does this quote make you feel? I think that as I've hit my late 30s and then into my 40s, I've just been more aware of like the preciousness of everything. Um, I've been lucky enough to, I think, live a lot of places and meet a lot of different people and have friendships kind of all over the world. And also, I think that part of the benefit, I mean, like the upside of that also comes with I've also had a lot of loss. Like, I feel like I've had a lot of people that I've interacted, not a lot, I mean, like, I'm not like cursed, but I know a lot of people who have like passed away before what we would consider to be their times, things like that as well. So I think that over the last like decade, especially, I've become like really reflecting on that. And I don't have this sense of like growing older being a negative thing. I really do put it in this place of privilege and realize that like, you know, where I stand now, I have friends who are no longer standing like beside me. And so I think that where I'm like trying to go with all of this is that I really try to give myself grace of like remembering like where I was, you know, like the the ways I felt when I was really young and like lived in like the country and just kind of like played by myself all the time to like where I lived throughout like, you know, my like middle school years, which were really challenging, like socially to kind of like figuring out and accepting myself 
And I get to replay some of that now just simply because of the position I hold now as a parent and parenting children who are kind of hitting into some of these age groups that, you know, were really impactful for me. But then also seeing where my parents are, seeing where people of my, you know, having lost now grandparents and seeing that generation ahead of my parents kind of like gone now, essentially. And so really just getting a sense that like time moves so slow, it moves so fast, but we are all like of our sum totals of our past. And we have this like future to go into. However, it all kind of like boils down to like what we are right now, which is the potential of that future, the accumulation of the past, and then kind of where we're choosing to interact in the present moment. And I feel like that what he shared at the UN saying all that is just such a beautiful expression of kind of where I just rambled for, you know, two minutes to like sum up. He kind of got there in like a few sentences. And I think it's true. I mean, I'm trying to think of like where I want to kind of like wrap this up. And I guess for me, again, it just centers on the idea of acknowledging kind of like that, like we are always going to be a little bit wiser the next day. We're going to have had new experiences and to not beat ourselves up always for like not having known everything in the moment, not always being like having the wisdom that we needed to have at the right time, because this is a process and we're growing and we're, you know, getting to be better people. And I can always reflect back on like, how could I have been a better person X, Y, or Z moment? But I'm always going to get another chance, like tomorrow or in an hour or right now to like show up and be a better person again. And so I think that's also something that I feel like I can take away from like some of those words too. Oh, it's just, I think what Leah was just talking about hit me hard because I think that's a lot of what I'm getting out of it too, is just the the biggest struggle for me has been um, self-forgiveness and self-acceptance for all the mistakes, you know, without getting into any details, just like so many of us, I had a lot of trauma as a child, a lot of um, things that happened in my childhood years. And then even in my teen years and twenties with relationships and family situations, like so many of us have. And I just, yeah, I didn't cope well, to be honest. I did well academically, but the rest of my life wasn't so good. And um, uh, so I really, you know, I'm in my early 50s now and I look back and I feel like the first half, almost the first half of my life was spent just um, not, not at a high level of functioning, (laughs) except for, except for academics and stuff like that. uh, Because that was kind of a safe place for me because I just did okay at it. Um, and yeah, it, I, it's been a struggle. I still struggle to forgive myself for not being able to do a better job, not having the resources that I needed, not finding them, but I just, they just weren't available. It was also the kinds of therapies and things that people needed for stuff didn't really exist back then. And I just have to keep kind of over and over again, forgiving myself for not being able to be a better person, a more compassionate person, making better choices you know, about relationships and things like that. Cause I, I harmed myself a lot with the kinds of choices that I made and and other people too. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one, but the, the constant where I guess where I'm going with this is the constant reaffirmation of those messages that it's okay to love yourself. It's okay to forgive yourself um, and watching them struggling uh, even in real time right now and forgiving themselves and moving on and being brave it's just like a constant daily um, reminder that it's okay, <laughs> you know? So that's that's really a lot of what I'm getting out of it right now. I was just going to say that 
you know, as a whole BTS reminds me that I'm still evolving as a person. <clears throat> and what's been really great for me um, is that by being a part of this podcast, you know, this podcast and BTS has really released some creative energy in me that I haven't had in a really long time. Um, and it's been really helpful as I'm struggling to figure out like what my next move is actually going to be like what I'm going to do next. Um, and that's hard sometimes because I know like there are faults and I overthink and I've made mistakes in the past or I haven't take, taken opportunities when they've been in front of me. Um, and so it's like, yeah, tomorrow I might be wiser but yesterday was still me too. Like, I really like that part of the quote. Um, and that, you know, my faults and mistakes are a part, are still part of me. Um, yet I'm finally at a place. It took me a really long time. Like I'm, I'll be 45 this year, but like almost 40 years to really like the person that I see every day in the mirror. Um, that was a struggle for me for so long, for so many reasons. And so I just feel like not just that I'm accepting of that person, but that I like myself too. Um, and that I'm can't wait to see what I'm going to do next. And it's inspiring. Like, that's the one thing that I can say about this quote, but also about BTS as a whole, you know, they inspire me to do new things and put myself out there and take chances in ways that I haven't done in a really long time. I haven't done in years. Yeah. It reminds me of that Maya Angela quote, you do what you know to do at the time. And then when you know better, you do better. And, you know, essentially that Namjoon is saying like, here I am now and when I know better and when I'm wiser I'll be there too like you just continue to to move forward and I think for me this quote just brings up an energy of looking back and reflection is really helpful and like helps people get what they want to go but like the repetitive negative self-talk and you know, getting down on yourself less so. So this, like reading this quote and listening to you as you were reading it reminded me of like, oh yeah, like we, we're learning and you reflect on that, but you don't have to, you know, continuously be upset about those mistakes. And the only way you are going to grow is by putting yourself out there. And, you know, that's going to take, um, a lot of mistakes along the way if you're continuously pushing yourself mistakes and faults are going to happen so are there is there a do you have a hype song like do you have a bts hype song that like just instantly changes the course of your day or are there like certain lyrics that just really stand out to you that have made like a difference in your life um and if you have them off the top of your head you can just throw them out there I don't, one of the songs, and I've talked about this before in the podcast is Magic Shop. Um, it's not a hype song by any means, but I just, you know, that idea that um, we all have times where we need to just sort of like stop and gather and be still. And that song reminds me of that. The lyrics is like on days when you hate being yourself, days when you want to disappear forever. Let's make a door in your heart, open the door and this place will await. And, you know, we all need that space where we can go and just feel safe and comforted and inspired or whatever we need at the time. Um, and so if I'm having a hard time, I think of that song. Um, my hype songs are Ugg and Tony Montana. <laughs> so... Like I just, the number of times that I play Ugg uh, in the car is probably unhealthy, but it's the best one. So, you know. 
I really love the lyrics to Zero O'Clock um, because it it says the world hold, holds its breath for a little while, zero o'clock. And then like in another verse, it'll say, turn this around when everything is new, zero o'clock. And then it says, and you're going to be happy. And I just like, I love that because sometimes when things are like really heavy, I think, oh my gosh, there's like no light. Like I, I'm not going to get over this hill. I'm not going to get over this bump but I will. And I just need to wait in those little seconds right before the next hour. You know, sometimes it's the next hour. Sometimes it's, you know, not necessarily the next day or whatever, you know? So I really love that. There's no way I would be able to listen to telepathy without smiling. I just love that song. It makes me happy every time I sing it. I love Oog too. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I love that. I dance in the car to that song all the time. But I love the chorus of that song because it says, among the days that I feel the same, I'm happiest when I meet you. Among the different everyday lives, you're the most special person to me. And I just think like, if that's just true for life. You know, like if I look at, I don't look at it as a, a specific person. I just look at it as life. Like Leah said, you know, for Leah, a lot of her the way she lives her life is because life is so short. And when I read those lyrics, I think like embrace every day because life is so short and like life is the most special thing, you know, living and being and breathing. And so I just, I really love that song. It makes me smile every time it comes on. So a song that I want to talk about, because I just find it always so touching. And I listen, I mean, I listen to Tony Montana's my hype song too, probably. But a song that I just find so endearing and it always makes me super happy is Friends from Map of the Soul 7. And it's just um, Taehyung and Jimin singing about their friendship. And like they were high school students together as like trainees and just kind of like their life together. And I just, I don't know, I think I've reconnected in the last, you know, five years with my high school friend group. And that's been really special. So once a year we catch up now and... I just feel like, you know, with my writing community and now with you guys, like, I feel like I have these like pockets of really special friendships that are just like very intentional and kind of like certain common interests or times in our lives. And I've been able and been lucky enough that that not always, but in many cases maintain them. And they're just full of like fun stories. And even with like you all now who are like newer friends to me, like I now have like very funny stories of like wild things I've been through with you, like trying to get to Vegas to see BTS when my husband broke his pinky on his non-dominant hand. And I was going to lose my mind because he chose hand surgery the day of the first concert I had tickets to. So just like I've been through funny where I like showed up literally like I don't even know how I made it to Vegas and I somehow did. But just I don't know. So I love all of all of that and something else from the song that just makes me happy there's two things I do like that they talk about how because V kind of gets talked about as being an alien sometimes because he is kind of just spacey and odd says random things and then how like Jimin's from the stars because that just fits too um but there's a part in it where it's basically like you know, like you hear Taehyung be like, you know, hey, Jimin, like want to have a drink type of thing. And he makes this little like alcohol pop sound. And it always then reminds me of ni- Reply 19 uh, or Reply uh, 1980. Oh, God, 1988, <laughs> which is one of my like top three favorite K-dramas. And the dad in that is always making that sound when he wants to have a drink. 
And so I feel like I make that sound now too sometimes, but I love to like go have a drink with my friends and just hang out and talk. It could be alcohol. It doesn't have to be alcohol. I'm open to whatever, but my friendships are really special to me. And I think some of the most impactful relationships of my life. And so this song just always makes me like feel like I'm in that kind of frame of mind of giving just like a lot of appreciation towards having these friendships. For me, the the hype songs are, I think, the Cyphers and Ugg because there's a special reason. They get me, they give me a lot of energy. And I think part of it, and maybe I'm getting too um, emotional about it now again, but uh, when I was growing up, it was partly the time, but also partly I grew up in a, half of my family came from a very traditional culture traditional upbringing where you weren't allowed to express anger you couldn't um, express dissatisfaction with adults or their behavior you couldn't uh, show those kinds of feelings or emotions it was very unacceptable and so I never learned how to get angry (laughs) until I I mean I still struggle with it honestly that's just something I don't let myself do very often and so those songs have become sometimes like a safe outlet for me to have those kinds of emotions because they can help bring them up and but it feels like it's in a healthy almost fun way uh especially since a lot of them they're kind of they're about you know people who hate on BTS and and about social problems and and anger in society and things like that. Those feel like safer things to get angry about sometimes, so that helps. But I think I think probably my biggest hype song. Well, lately I've been spending like I'm usually pretty thrifty, but I've been spending so much money on BTS stuff, and so Go Go is a good one because <laughs> it's just like you know you only live once, so what's the money for? You know what I mean? And then the other one. Is probably my favorite. Just the 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 sound of it and the messages is disease. I just love disease, and um, I love. I think my favorite part of it. You might say that my favorite part of it is Hobie's, and it's great. And so is Nam June's. But my favorite verse is Yunki's. Um, and let me just share. Um, and you probably remember, but uh, here's uh, Yunki's verse, which is verse three. And this is one of one possible English translation. So there may be better ones. Everyone has a lot of diseases. What I'm confused is that mankind is inherently evil. There are more than 400 kinds of mental diseases, but no one really fits into any of these categories. Yo, is the world sick or am I sick? Or do we just interpret things differently? Or is that all to it? I don't know. Changing myself is faster than looking at people differently. And I just especially love that part about mental health and about how, you know, we want to categorize people and, uh, you know that that it's not necessarily us; it may be the world. <laughs> Whenever I hear that verse, I'm always like, "It's it's not you, Yungi; it's the world." <laughs> so anyway, I just found there's a lot of self acceptance in that verse. I think uh, self acceptance of um, you know uh, struggling with mental health uh, and with happiness and uh, and how difficult it is in the world that we live in. It's not not a very you know it's not it's not an easy thing to do the world can be can't it can be a beautiful and and amazing thing but it can also be kind of harsh so no I love that and I love too that like as a young person because you know I'm an old person that listens to BTS but like I can't imagine being a young person that listens to BTS and needs that in their life like needs someone to say it's okay that you feel this way it's okay that you feel sick but like maybe it's not you 
music is such medicine sometimes, you know, like I can remember being a teen, like, what did I have to be like militant about nothing? <laughs> like I was so obsessed with rage against the machine. Why? I don't know. But I was like, yes, what they're saying exactly this. And it's like, for what? Like, <laughs> but I just think like, that's a different message altogether. But that's what's great about BTS is they are opening up these spaces for people, especially in countries that don't talk about mental health, you know, like, I take for granted that I live in the United States. And even still, we still have issues with discussing mental health. We still have roadblocks when it comes to mental health. But a lot like this music that gives permission, even if it's just you journaling, even if it's just you talking with your other army besties to talk about these real issues is something special. And I just think like we can't just not, you know what I mean? Like recognize that. Like I, I always hope they understand their lasting legacy because it's just so layered. Oh, I just, I just to add on like to sandwich what we were just saying, just if I had had this music growing up, I think I would have actually done better. I really do. It didn't exist at the time. I mean, I, I listened to a lot of punk rock and stuff like that and it was great and it gave me energy and I resonated with it in the ways that Megan was talking about, but they weren't talking about these kinds of things. And if those kinds of messages had been available, honestly, I really think that it would have been a real force for healing. So I really envy people who are getting to grow up with them. Um, but yeah, I'm using like a very specific lens. I think in what I'm saying too, because by no means do I feel like, you know, I don't want to be like exclusionary by talking about like a parenting experience, but I am going to talk about like my parenting experience because it's like what I'm in right now. And so for me, there's like a couple of messages, like there's like, key messages. Look, we all grew up at like a pretty similar time where I don't, I mean, like, obviously I think there were like, you know, always exceptions, but I think it was pretty common that like you weren't going to grow up talking about your feelings and you weren't going to be sharing a lot. Like um, on the other podcast, the afternoon delight podcast, I talked about really briefly how, you know, I experienced a lot of bullying in middle school and how at one point my dad, maybe like in the last decade, talked to me about how one day he was driving home from work and saw a kid walking down the street just sobbing and he realized it was me and he didn't stop. He just kept going and he drove home because he said he felt bad, but he didn't know what to say. So he just went home. And so he's like, I've always felt bad that I like saw you walking down the street, like out in public crying and just left you there. And so that is like something that like, I didn't even have to like forgive for really. I was just like, I don't think like, you know, and I'm grateful that my parents have the tools they do have because I have other relatives that like didn't even get those tools. Um, but for me, I think there's been like, I like will joke about it with my sister sometimes too of like here's like another generational like trauma we've overcome is like my kids opening up and sharing things about you know questions to do with like sexuality or with periods or with drug use just the kind of conversations I would never in a million years have gone to my parents for I feel like okay like thank god that like now and I'm not saying I get like a parenting gold star I like mess up every day but we are like moving the dial slowly forward. And like, I have one child who's like a huge people pleaser, which I like see myself in because I was a big people pleaser. And every day, like I will find myself being like, what's the thing we say? And she gets like all eye rolling and she's seven, but she'll be like, I'm not responsible for other people's happiness. And I've been making her say that for like two years to like where it's like ingrained in her brain. 
And I don't, I mean, like, I know it still hasn't fully hit because I'll see her like immediately when there's like hostility, making like love notes for everyone in the family and doing these things. But I keep trying to be like, remember, this is not your job. Like your job is not to make everything okay for everyone else. And so I think that again, like we have to fill our buckets to like model that and model it for, you know, if we're parents look for that, but if not for like friends or for like other people in our lives that we're showing up for just as like part of like our growth as humans. And so I feel like, again, this like relationship with that I can then have like with BTS to like unpack my own stuff and think about like where I want to show up and where I want to be like, it is going to have, like it is going to be moving the dial forward in this like generational thing, hopefully. And that's really, um, that's really positive too, because like, like you said, like, I wish that there had been music like this. I wish that people when I were, when I was younger were like, it's okay to love yourself as opposed to have like toxic diet culture where like people are like drinking slim fast and eating snack walls and smoking cigarettes. And, you know, just, I mean, all the things that we saw, like when it was the eighties and it was the nineties that were like totally socially normed that now it's like, Hey, what if we didn't do that? We talked about ourselves in a different way. And I mean, again, this is from like a uniquely like femme women perspective. But yeah, I wouldn't say that like our mothers grew up in a time where like there was a lot of empowerment language beginning to come that was unusual. Like, you know, like I give a lot of like respect for like, you know, the first and then very much the second wave feminist movement to like kind of start to like bring these ideas to the forefront of some things. But even during that period, it was still like, you hate yourself a lot more than you love yourself in like of many of these things. And so I think that like, yeah, I never want to hear, I never want to have either my kids or just like younger adults hear me put myself down, especially in the areas of like looks or ability. Like I'm really careful at work at the university. Like I want to be vulnerable and showing up as an authentic person, but I'm like very careful with like, I do not want to be sharing messages that are going to be, norming things that I think are deeply unhealthy. And I certainly will not do it in front of my children. I want to give you a gold star just for, (laughs) just for having your daughter say every day that she doesn't make everybody, that doesn't have to make everybody happy. That's amazing. Seriously. That's the hardest lesson to learn, to be honest. If we're being honest. I was just going to say, I don't have kids, but I've been really trying to learn these things as a teacher because I work with young adults and trying to uh, model those kinds of messages. So thanks for saying that, Leah, because it, it is so so important and it's hard to, when you didn't learn to do it yourself it's hard to learn to do it for other people but it can help you grow at the same time yeah and it helps us even with friendships like it helps us yes. with like with my parents even like you know I mean we can model it up we can model it down we can model it across and every time we're doing that we're reinforcing those thought patterns for ourselves which is like where all the work needs to happen still too yeah I was just gonna say like what Leah was saying about the time at which the four of us were growing up um, and like the real toxic messages we were getting, you know? Um, And like I had said, you know, I listen to Rage Against the Machine and what I have be militant about. But the truth is, is that like, you know, uh, like Tanya said, she was listening to punk rock and things like that. And, you know, it it just really taught you to be angry. Um, And I was for a really long time. And I was angry about things that I couldn't fix, you know, if I wasn't, in my own opinion, not the right weight or, you know, the right hair or the right haircut or whatever. I just get really angry. And I think what's great about BTS is like, you know, Tanya was saying she's learning a little bit more how to deal with her anger. And it's like in a softer way, it's directed in a different way. And then at the same time where it's like, here's the space to be angry. Here's also the space to heal. 
here's also the space to love yourself or to love the people around you or to give second chances and those kinds of things. And I, it, that's not something that we learn. Like our generation didn't learn that unless you were in therapy. I was one of those kids that was in therapy from a young age. Um, and so I just think that that's important. And I, I'm also jealous, you know, like Tanya said, I'm jealous that I, I'm not growing up. Um, my daughter Mackenzie is, she listens to BTS and she does like them, not as much as mom does, but, um, and is one thing that we're able to share. And, you know, sometimes she does get the message and I love that for her. I think it's really important. I hope that's something that she carries with her um, as she moves forward. So the other thing that I think is part of this too, is that, you know, for anyone who's listening to like, you know, Megan, you were saying you had like kind of like a tougher conversation with a spouse who's like, no, really explain it to me. I don't get it. Like, it can be hard when people want to come at you or kind of like mock you or just like are very incurious about something that like you're finding really precious or validating or like a growth thing. And so I think that that can happen a lot within like that context of BTS too. And yes, there's times that it is just silly and there can be like thirst trapping and it can be just like funny memes and that's fine. Like a hundred percent, that's fine. But at the same time, I think for many people, there are these like bigger these bigger nuances that are happening. And so it can feel like kind of icky or judged to like have people kind of be like, I don't really get it. Or God, no, like, I don't even want to know about it. And I've had all those reactions in my life from like complete, like, I feel like complete incuriosity to kind of like, that's a weird thing you like to kind of just openly making fun of it. And I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast too. And I know we talk about it amongst ourselves, but for anyone who's listening to like, Part of self-love too is just being able to like realize that like you are allowed to find the joy where it's going to show up for you. And there's so many places that like are happy to like keep us from having joy and keep us from having, you know, love for I think many intentional reasons that like it's really subversive to be able to identify like where are going to be your areas that are going to give you strength and happiness. And here we have a spot where we can connect to community, this community when it's in its high functioning places like army when army's acting in its best self can be a huge force for good in terms of social justice political mobilization charity work plus just having friendships and friendships across the board like it's great now to like make friends who are like from all over the world yet again like to have that opportunity is so amazing and then to be able to be on this journey with you know seven dudes that are very talented very talented, very thoughtful, and very open with like their life and growth. I just think that now I'm on like a rambling stage and I really apologize for that. But yeah, I think that that is part of really, if I was going to say like what a gift this whole thing has been, this is something I did not expect coming out of COVID was something to be like this amazing and this wonderful that I think has really positively put the trajectory of my life into like something that is like okay where do I want to be in a stretch zone what kind of people do I want to surround myself with what kind of energy do I want to cultivate creatively and like energetically from friendships and relationships and so I mean yeah it's been hugely life-changingly impactful for those reasons and so I get very like ah when people are like I don't get it it just seems really like goofy or you just like these like weird hot boys and what's wrong with you and so I'm like you just are missing like all the bigger picture I will say, so yesterday afternoon, I spent a couple of hours with my high school best friend who also lives um, in Nebraska. And every once in a while, we sort of 
cross paths and I was over at her new house. She just moved and she's like, so BTS question mark. And I was like, hold up. Do you have enough time for this? Like, How far do you want me to go? And she's like, just lay it on me. Like, tell me what's going on with this. And it was so fun to just tell her all of this and just be like, this is the joy that I have found in BTS. These are the people that I have met through this like this is the community that I'm a part of now um this is my favorite member let me show you the 500 pictures I have of him on my phone (laughs) like it was such a like moment of joy and then on the flip side like you said Leah sometimes I have friends who just sort of roll their eyes or people who don't get it and that's okay they don't have to like I think about that when I look at people who are dog people. Not my thing, but you have a great time with that. Like we don't have to like everything, but that doesn't mean we have to like poo-poo other people's joys. And I think you talked about that recently as well, Leah, of like it doesn't have to be our thing, but we can celebrate it with people. And it's made me more aware of how I respond to others and what they enjoy like I try to like get curious about it and you know hear where they're coming from maybe in a way that I was less intentional about previously what is something that you feel like you have gotten re-energized about or um, something that you have like begun to like try for yourself since you know scanning BTS so where have they inspired you to take some sort of creative or life risk i have one i can start um during the pandemic and even a little bit before that i feel like uh i got kind of like a little bit past the midpoint of my career and it and it's been really stagnant i've been really in a rut i've lost my creative energy um and i think that you know they sing about that a lot that's black swan is about that uh Dionysus is kind of like the flip side of that <laughs> uh gosh I mean they sing quite frequently about um their struggles with uh work and being so driven and uh burnout and all kinds of other issues and so I think that uh it's given me and and, and I think this ties into something we're going to talk about for a separate episode which is watching J-Hope's documentary and watching how hard he works and how he pushes through these kinds of dark places in his creative process it's given me some energy and some inspiration to um go back and think about what my goals are and get some energy back and and uh into my career and think about what I want to do with this last third or so of my career that I still have left so it's been really great for that and I feel like I've, the energy is starting to build and I'm starting to get ideas again which is wonderful on the flip side I have to be a little careful because I think you know they're they're in their 20s. They're very driven or they wouldn't be where they are. They work so hard. And I've already been through that phase of my creative life where I, you know, worked seven days a week and burned the midnight oil and paid my dues and missed all the important family occasions. And not that I'm saying that's a good thing. I'm not proud of it, but I did do that kind of stuff because it's what people wanted you to do. And I don't, feel positive about all of that but they work so hard that I kind of have to make sure that I don't go too far right into because I have a workaholic tendencies like that that I have to make sure that I don't take all that part of it with me (laughs) so I, I try to look for some balance in it but it is giving me energy I think for me it was in 
the moment of deciding to fly to LA for the permission to dance like not that I haven't traveled by myself but it was just like I'm gonna do this and at the end of the rainbow is going to be an amazing concert and I'll get to meet a internet friend <laughs> in real life and just all of the things that maybe would have held me back. I was like, no, I know that this is going to work out. Like I have faith in my ability to get on a plane and, you know, get an Uber and do all this thing. And I think sometimes in the pandemic or somewhere in the pandemic, I got scared to say yes to things. And so BTS has given me permission to like, no, just go, go do the thing. Um, and something that is on my list to do that my creative brain has been mulling over that I just need to like set aside a couple hours for, um, is to listen to Indigo and do like an Indigo related craft or art project. Um, which he, I don't remember where that challenge, is it just on Instagram? I don't know. Um, but I saw it pop up of like, you know, listen to the album and then create something that came out of like some something that came out of you while you were listening to it so that was my what has happened because of bts and what i'm looking forward to so i'm gonna say that um i agree with allison because as someone who um is a stay-at-home mom and we're on one income vegas was a big deal for me to actually put out in the universe that i wanted to go and that i was going um, and I was really proud of myself for that. I had actually never traveled by air alone. I didn't realize that until I went. Um, and then I was meeting someone that I didn't know, like I knew, but didn't know. And I met Tanya there and then Allison came and I didn't get to meet Leah, but I know Leah too. Um, so I have to say that that is something that like out of all of this that came out of this is that my tendency to say and voice what I want and what I'm going to do, which as a mom, I have put that on the back burner for 16 years now. Um, because it's always been my kids first and whatever, you know, they're everything revolves around them. And I literally said, this is what's happening. And this is where I'm going. And I'm giving you advance notice. I don't have to, but I am. <laughs> so Yungi's going to be in Oakland. <laughs> so, I mean, we're having those kinds of conversations. But the other thing too is I'm creating content again. And it makes me so happy. Um, I have said this before on the podcast. I used to be a mom blogger. And for three years, I posted a blog every single day for five days, five days a week. I either pre-wrote them or I wrote them every day the night before and published them. And I did it for about three years and I was doing Instagram things. I was posting on Instagram three or four times a day, very much day in the life kind of stuff. And I burned out. I did burn out some kind of, some things happened in my personal life, but also like I burned out and I did not realize until we started doing this, how much I missed it and how much I love it. So creating content has really energized my creative spirit. I love doing it. I'm on Canva all the time. Um, lately, I'm obsessed with like mocking out t-shirts that I don't know if ever we'll see the light of day, but like, I would like them too, because one I made personally for myself. Um, but thank you. Thank you to BTS, but also thank you to the four of you and Lexi and Megan and Amy. And because it's that creative energy has just been so good for me. And to be able to, even if it's just one post, even if it's sharing things and stories, that creative content person in me is like thriving at this point. So, and 
the energy just to be creative again is fantastic. It's really changed things for me. So. Yeah, I feel gratitude for so many different things. Uh, so before I go into like what I've changed, like one thing that's funny is that when I started doing the Afternoon of Delight podcast on K-Drama, um, Amy and Megan would laugh because they were like, if they, if like someone gets you like at the right moment in the day, like somebody will like write and be like, I really like your podcast. And they're not going to expect like, I'm like, hello, here I am. And I'm happy to talk to you about dramas for like the next 25 minutes. Like if I'm in like, because I'm in Zoom calls so much that like, I don't always have to actively participate in. I'm like, yeah, I'll talk about K-Dramas. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize my potential until BTS came along. I'm like, who, like, I'll be like, no, look, I have to go. I have to make dinner. I'm like, okay, okay. I mean, I could be here all day talking about it. But it's just like, I really enjoy people to go down a rabbit hole with because I don't feel like I often get somebody to go down the rabbit hole with. And now look at all these people I found, like, being a rabbit hole with me. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, I think two things for me have been, like, the big take-homes. One is... Um, something that I had been like starting to mull over, but didn't really articulate until around um, getting into like the BTS fandom experiences is the idea that being selfish is actually, I think a healthy thing. Like there's good selfish and bad selfish, but the ens essence of selfish is being like, you know, self-focused and having like permission to like, yeah, look after self. And I think, yeah, having been a, a wife and mother who I think also has like lots of people pleaser tendencies tends to put other people first um there was a lot of growing pains in my own personal family life I think when I was like look I've kind of just remembered that like I matter too and that um I'm gonna like start having these changes now where like I'm good and I mean I, I always did to a point, but I think it's really activated now and I don't feel bad about it. I think before I would feel bad because, you know, you always get pushed back when like there's changes or people don't get to like have you on tap to do whatever. Um, and so setting boundaries usually comes with some sort of resistance, except now I feel like much more energized because besides just setting resistance and being like, I'm going to do these things for me and it feels uncomfortable and hard and it's kind of like whatever. I'm like, I've set these boundaries and now it's really good because I'm doing all these things I really like to do. So like, yay. And I have more energy to do this even more. Um, and then with that too, I think, um, you know, I still have been really involved in creative um, processes. Like, you know, I was a really active writer for um, about six or seven years. I probably wrote like, honestly, like 45 books in like five or six years. And then around 2018, 19, I hit like a pretty severe burnout for all sorts of reasons and kind of pieced out to it to now where I would say like, I've been writing like a book a year ghostwriting and I have a company I do with my agent around bookmaking. And so I'm still very much like in the publishing world and talking about books a lot, but I haven't been actively kind of like creating and promoting like my own book series under my own name, which is a, kind of funny because that's still a pen name, but you know, like I've not, I kind of stepped away from that since like 2018, which is now getting to be kind of a long time. And I've been feeling a lot of um, like, that's how I've been basically like telling myself, like, you know what, it's time to start to really revisit that again and enlistment's coming. And so this is a perfect time to really get back into writing life because, you know, I need to like go throw myself into something kind of like full hog. And I feel like, you know, this is a really good way to honor all the like creative energy I've been marinating in. It's just to get back into um, like the book creation side of things again and feel like I've got lots of fresh ideas and characters and things like that. So that's super exciting. This, this is amazing because I 
I mean, not to, not to like oversimplify or abstract it, but what I'm hearing when I listen to all four of us is that they are putting out like a, just a torrent of creative energy and we are all tapping into it and getting our own energy from it and getting inspired. And when you actually, now when I step back and I, I just look at army itself, I mean, look at all the creators that there are. Megan talks about it so well and notices so many great things about it that she showed me. And there's just, I think that that must be a very common experience because there's just such a wellspring of cre creativity, artistic and otherwise um, constantly coming out. And I, th I think we're all feeding off of this river of creativity that's flowing from them. It's amazing. Yeah, creativity is definitely like not a uh, finite resource. And I do think that the more we're of cultivate that and are around it and kind of like pass it along I think it just like keeps it like you know we're all kind of like wanting to have these things in our lives so we can like then come together and just kind of like keep energetically like passing that around and so yeah it's really magical and it's really powerful and I think that you know for anyone who's listening who's like feeling you know like they want to try something new or start seeing live music by themselves even or you know just figuring out like what thing like take a trip by yourself like go and have lunch by yourself whatever the thing is like do the thing and then like also tell us about it so we can hype you up because that's what I really I feel like that's part of it too is that like it's nice to be able to do a thing and then share that like happiness that you did it with other people and so share it with us because you know we'll always hype you up for that yeah I would you don't have to Hype yourself yeah. up too, but just if you want to get a gold star from someone, I am there to give you a gold star. We have all the gold stars, promise. No, but I would say, yeah, if you are li like a listener, if you're listening and you don't have very many BTS friends or, um, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like the only person I know that likes BTS. I thought that of myself in my own hometown and then a um, boba tea shop in my town close to me had an event for JK and Namjoon's birthday and I went alone. Um, and I met some really great people and everyone was really nice and we had some great conversations. So, um, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again, like army is the best community because you're really never alone ever. Well, this has been great guys. Um, I'm so glad we had this talk and I'm so glad that we talked about ourselves and self-love and I hope we've inspired some of our listeners to, you know, live out their best lives and explore themselves a little bit more. Bye. Bye. Can't get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon of Delight K-Drama. Deep dives, from three romance authors with new episodes every Wednesday.